Hello everyone and welcome to Celtic Preacher Podcast 170 and today I want to speak about courage because it seems to me that no matter what age you are, you know, you could be 14 years old and worried about school and worried about a relationship and what you could be 40 years old and be worried about children. You could be retired. It seems that no matter what age you are, we need courage to move forward. We need courage. And this is a text that speaks a lot to courage and not giving up hope and not being overcome by fear and, uh, and, 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 and not just backing out and not making a decision because the decision's too hard. It's Palm Sunday. And Palm Sunday, the Palm Sunday text, it's a kind of a strange Sunday because Palm Sunday is a time where, and many, many churches do this, they cut their palm branches and there's a traditional hymn that we sing, All Glory, Lord, and Honor. And I've been doing this ever since I was a little kid. It was, it's always been the same hymn. And it's a, it's a hymn that talks about, or we sing about, we remember that very last Sunday that Jesus and his disciples, uh, Jesus is on a donkey, the disciples are all around him. And it's a time of great celebration because he's been teaching now for about three years and he's grown in popularity. And people know him as a teacher and a miracle worker. He's got a lot of followers. And... He has a lot of supporters and they're all clamoring around him and they have this phrase, Hosanna. Hosanna, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth. It's kind of an affirmation that says, Jesus, we're with you. You're our leader. You know, we are following you. We believe in you and your teachings and this is going to change our lives. Now, what is ironic is, is that by the end of next week, because next week is Holy Week, which means that next Friday is the day that Jesus is crucified, nailed to a cross and dies. So within the span of a few days, this is why the Palm Sunday uh, time is such a strange time, really. It begins with the celebration, but by the end of next week, the People who are saying, yeah, we're for you, Hosanna, you're great, you're our leader. That affirmation turns into crucify him. In other words, uh, no, we don't like what you're doing. You're not doing things the way that we want you to do things. You're no longer our leader. We don't really care about you at all. So it's like, really, can people be that changeable? Yeah, yeah. Jesus would say, yeah, people can be very changeable. In fact, we've seen this, right? We've all experienced this in our lives that sometimes, uh, you know, we have people in our lives that we think will always be with us or around us or near us or supporting us and helping us and for various reasons, you know, and some are not good reasons like betrayal. They leave us. So yeah, people can be fickle, they can be changeable. So the story is that 
uh, the, Jesus has been teaching now for three years, like I said, and he's, he's well known. It's kind of like a celebrity of sorts. But he also has his critics. And his critics are the religious leaders of the day. And at this point, they have a price on his head. They want him quiet. They want him gone. He is too radical, too threatening. Uh, they can't control him. Uh, and they, they just want rid of him, basically. And they've set it up that there's a price in his head. Now, what's interesting to note about Jesus is, is that, and we see this throughout his entire life, not just the last week, but he lived this way. He, he didn't need people's approval. He cut his own course. In other words, he doesn't depend upon the approval nor the understanding of those around him. And this actually includes his closest, closest disciples. He doesn't absolutely depend on people understanding him and approving of his every action. I mean, they just don't, for one thing. You know, so when when Jesus when Jesus doesn't meet his supporters' expectations, when Jesus doesn't comply with their hopes and dreams and wishes, when he's not going to be the Messiah, the leader that they hoped for, it's not like Jesus is absolutely completely shocked and taken aback. You know, I mean, he's. Actually, one of his sayings was that he entrusted himself to no one because he knew what was in people's hearts. In other words, he's a realist, you know? It's like, yeah, to a point, yes. To a point, I, I, I'm happy you're here with me and following me. However, I also know that you have capacity to betray me. Remember that conversation he had with Peter? Remember the conversation he had with Judas, for that matter. So, in some ways, you know, it's not going to be a surprise to Jesus that crowds turn against him because he has enough insight into human nature to know that people can be fickle and people can change their minds about you, especially if you don't do what they want you to do. And how many of us have experienced this? You know, you're the best thing since sliced bread until you don't do what people want you to do. So a big part of this lesson, this Palm Sunday text, is about learning how to be true to yourself with or without the support of others. Now, of course, we all want the support of others. We want our friends and our loved ones. We, it's important to us. We want it. But there's going to be times in our lives where we have to make decisions and cut a course that others might simply not agree with nor approve of for that matter. It just, it's the way that it is. You know, so many of us need and want affirmation and we want it so much from those around us that we, we're not true to ourselves. 
We can compromise ourselves in our own integrity. Uh, we, we want the support of our family or our loved ones or our friends or our spouse, spouse and partner to the, to the point that we won't move ahead without that approval. And that would be something that Jesus would caution against because he modeled this whole other way of living, which is you have to move ahead and be true to yourself. You have to grow up and learn how to be true and trust yourself. So many people are held back because they simply don't trust themselves. They don't trust themselves to hear God and be led by God and cut a path that might be different from what those around would expect. Yeah, you know, it's hard, but every so often I think we have to learn this lesson that there may well be, you might be doing exactly what you need to do in your work, in your family life, in your relationships, but you might not have the approval of those around you. Now, interestingly enough, Jesus' disciples uh, did not want to go near Jerusalem that Palm Sunday. In fact, they had been warning him to stay away from Jerusalem for weeks now. They thought it was too dangerous. They would have preferred a low profile. All of his disciples were saying, let's not rock the boat here. There's a price on your head. In fact, let's just avoid Jerusalem altogether. But Jesus never, ever modeled avoidance. Jesus never modeled avoidance, uh, nor fear-based decisions, which are like second nature for many of us. Avoidance and fear-based decisions are common to us. If you look at Jesus' life, he's saying, nah, nah, I have another way for you. I have another way for you to learn, for you to practice. So even though his disciples are saying, I don't think we should go to Jerusalem, I think it's too dangerous, Jesus said, no, 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 it's all planned. Go get the donkey. That's the transport. Go get the donkey. Made arrangements. We're doing our usual thing. We always go to Jerusalem to celebrate Passover. Not going to get let fear get the better of us now. We're going to do things the way we want to do things. And he decided to take his disciples to Jerusalem, as they always did, as was the custom, simply because he wasn't going to be dictated to by other people. Now, it's not that Jesus necessarily wanted to die. You know, I think he makes that clear on the night that he's arrested. I mean, his prayer was, God, save me from this. Is there another way? Can we find another way? So it's not like it's some strange death wish. But neither did Jesus want to live in hiding. He didn't want to be scared and too afraid to teach and move freely. I mean, what kind of life is that, to just always be hiding and and never be able to move freely, never be true to what you believe God's calling you to do? Is that any way to live? Jesus would say, absolutely not. No, no. 
I don't want to live that way. And so he didn't allow the fears of his disciples to really guide him. And that's hard when, that's a hard thing, actually, if you think about it. If you're surrounded by people who are advising you and guiding you and telling you to live a certain way and do certain things and value certain things, but you have a sense that, mm, you know, I don't, I don't really think that's me. It's not easy to turn away from that, is it? I mean, that takes a bit courage and confidence, which I think courage and confidence are, are, are linked in some way. So Jesus chose to journey to Jerusalem to celebrate Passover, even though it was risky, even though there was a price on his head. The alternative for him was unthinkable because the alternative was to do nothing, keep your head down, don't move ahead. In other words, let fear and anxiety and worry end up leading you rather than the freedom that's found in the Spirit, rather than the, rather than the freedom that's found when you follow your heart and God. See, I think when we're being true to ourselves and we're being true to God, it's, it's, it's the same thing. You know? So one of the lessons that we learn from Palm Sunday for us is Jesus is saying, you know, um, by his action, by riding into Jerusalem on that donkey, he's saying, you know, you can live courageously. You can practice and grow into courageous living. And I know that many of us, many of you, many of you are already doing this. I mean, it's not like this is something new because so many things take courage. Everyday things, everyday events. It takes courage to risk again after a loss. It, it takes courage to work through grief. Doesn't it? It takes courage to tackle a problem and deal with conflict and not avoid conflict. Many people deal with conflict by not dealing with it. And they just disappear. They're just gone. You don't know why? You don't know what you did? I don't know why Harry isn't speaking to me. I have no idea. Uh, we used to be good friends, I think, I thought. And he's gone. What's going on? Harry's not dealing with con conflict. Harry's just withdrawn. Why? Because it takes a lot of courage to deal with conflict face on. That's why. You know, unlike the disciples, like Jesus' students, we can be avoiders because sometimes it's just easier to go along to get along and not see things and keep quiet and keep our heads down. Now, we don't have ancient Rome breathing down our necks like Jesus' students, but it's easy for us to be tempted to just stay on the sidelines, not say anything, especially if we could be misunderstood. Yeah, it's not Jesus' way. 
It's not Jesus' way. Jesus lived and he confronted whatever he needed to confront. Yeah, so when people told him to stop teaching, when people told Jesus to, to stop teaching about God, and even he didn't, and when his followers urged him to keep a low profile and not go to Jerusalem and just keep quiet, no, he didn't. He said, no, 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 we're doing this. We're not being led by fear. We're not keeping our heads down. We're going to be courageous here. When he was rejected by his hometown, he said, okay, you don't get it. We're leaving for another place. When he was betrayed, he kept moving ahead. One of his closest disciples, actually more than, actually they ended up all betraying, betraying him, but you know, you know, the, the famous two would be, I suppose, Judas betrayed him. Peter denied him. He kept the faith. In other words, he, would it be heartbreaking? Of course it would be heartbreaking. But, you know, he kept on trusting God. He kept on moving forward and being true to what he believed was true. That's courage. That's, that's a profile of someone who is not easily swayed by the opinions and the needs and the desires of others. And, you know, it's not like Jesus was a lone ranger. He, he surrounded himself with close companions and friends. Remember, he had Mary and Martha and Lazarus. They were like a second family to him. So he's not this isolated figure who stands alone, you know. On, on, on the last day of his life, he asked his closest disciples, Peter, James, and John, would you just be near me and pray and help me? Help me, support me. This isn't easy. So it's not like he's this lone ranger, but he did have capacity to step away from the advice of his students when it conflicted with the path that he felt called to take. He's an independent thinker, in other words. There's a way of saying it. He doesn't need to have the approval of others. He was willing to be misunderstood. That takes courage. And he would often just withdraw to get his own sense of direction because he didn't follow the crowd. He didn't do life the way that the majority did. And he called his followers to follow his example. And so many things take tremendous courage. Because that's our call, right? Because we, we are, we call ourselves followers of this Christ. So, well, okay. Then he's saying, that's good. Now, I want you to live with courage. Uh and, you know, when you, I think you need courage for everyday things. I think it takes courage to step away from a relationship that depletes you. I think it takes courage to guide children and say no to something when everybody else around you and all the other parents are saying, yeah, that's fine, it's okay, we believe that's okay. And you know in your heart of hearts, it's like, how can that be good? How can this be good? I think it takes courage to face a problem and finally... Make the time to talk to a therapist or 
It takes courage to recover from a betrayal and, and not carry bitterness around the rest of your life, you know? That you can heal from a betrayal and trust again. I think that takes tremendous courage. I think it takes courage to face sickness or an, a, a health condition that's never going to get any better, right? Or, or an addiction in ourselves and face it and journey on and tackle the fear head on and keep living. Long-term sickness takes a lot of courage, doesn't it? Whether it's for yourself or whether you're coming alongside someone else. I think that takes a lot of courage. Yeah. Changes take courage. Well, for some of us. Some of us really like changes. I don't really like changes too much. I like I like the security of stability. I don't necessarily welcome change. The only time I welcome change is, is if I choose it and it's my timing. <laughs> right? So if it's unexpected change, my first reaction is, I don't like this. This is terrible. This is, this is not good. This is not good. That's my first reaction to change, unless I'm the one that initiates it. My first reaction is, I don't like this. This isn't good. Although, I must admit, um, this, especially this last week, I, I got a bit of a new insight was I was walking the dog this week, and I'm resisting a change that's happening. And I thought, you know what? Why is this necessarily bad? You know? Why is this change necessarily bad? How about just, how about not labeling it good or bad? How about just saying, well, this is what's happened. Let's just move ahead and see what God reveals. How about just moving ahead knowing that whatever happens, whatever happens in the future, God's already there, right? So I don't really need to spend a lot of time resisting what is. It's like, okay, wasn't expecting this. Oh, that was a bit of a blow. That was, uh, didn't see this coming. But okay, okay. Let's just, let's just move ahead with courage. See what God has. Not just giving in to fear or anxiety or worry or worst case scenario or what if this or what if that. Well, never mind all of that. Let's just, let's just follow Jesus, follow his path. What did he do? He said, get the donkey, we're moving ahead. But, but, no, 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 never mind. Get the donkey, let's go. Let's go. God's with us. We're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. Yeah, something to consider, especially for those of you who are a little bit hesitant for whatever reason about moving forward, making that change, looking ahead, there is one who is already there, right? There's one who's already there. There's a great line, Jesus says, I go ahead to Galilee. I'm kind of skipping ahead till, till I actually am skipping way ahead till 
after Easter, but it's just such a great line. He says, tell the disciples I'm, I'm up ahead of them. I've always liked that phrase because it's this idea that, um, yeah, we don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. And there's the prayer. There's the heart cry. Thank you, God, that you hold the future in your hands. Well, thank you for joining me. You've been listening to Celtic Preacher. Join with me again next week for another episode.